Welcome to the Product Ops Podcast, or POP, as I like to call it, with me, Jerisha Nadaraju. This podcast explores all things product ops, from how it is defined to hiring for the role, as well as challenges faced. You will hear it all from diverse voices across this emerging function. I myself am a former product ops lead who set up this function at a leading UK fintech startup. And I think that product ops is going to be a significant driver for product-led growth in companies going forward. That's why I've partnered on this podcast with the fantastic people at the Product-Led Alliance, who are a collective of product-led leaders committed to driving growth and success through a product-first approach. On today's episode, I'll be chatting to Mayara Barros, who is currently the Product Operations Manager at Quinto Anda a real estate marketplace in Brazil. Mayara has been in this role for two years, building up the product ops function there, and prior to this, actually worked as a corporate lawyer. She is passionate about community building, having done this within the tech space at places such as Techstars before. I'm really interested in learning more about how May has incorporated community building into her product ops function. May, welcome, and thanks for joining us. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Uh, thanks, Jerisha. Thanks for having me on your podcast. I am currently talking from Mexico, although I'm actually from Sao Paulo, Brazil. Ah, very cool. <laughs> You're our first guest that is representing both Brazil and Mexico. So that's very exciting. Yes, yay from Latin America. <laughs> Um, May, for those that don't know what Kinto Andar does and, and who they are, can you please give us a brief explanation? Yeah, sure. So we are a real estate marketplace focused on rentals and sales. Uh, we go end-to-end -end, um, on the solutions on the whole transaction, like just from browsing verified inventory that kind of like stalking great pictures of apartments <laughs> to signing the final contracts. So it's a really special place to be because not only we are like a distant market leader here in Brazil, uh, I also really believe we offer the best housing experience for our clients. It's just like these days, like being in your home, is just so uh, special and important. And we've realized this. Um, we've been growing for the past nine years here in Brazil. Uh, we are in more than 40 cities now, and we've just closed our Series E. So we'll soon be expanding even more and going global, starting with Mexico. And yeah. Yes, and betting even more on like being a one-stop real estate shop that also offers um, financial services like mortgage, title insurance, that kind of thing. Very, very exciting. It sounds like a, a cool space to be in at the moment. And yeah, I think you're you're right, especially with this past year, you know, being locked down and spending so much of time at home um, that it's almost become like a workplace too. I think um, the space that you live in is is really important. So May, what does product ops look like at Kinto Anda? Yeah, so as I was saying, like from the start of Kinto, we have been very much product centered and just like, we believe that we're solving a very big problem that brings a lot of pain to a lot of people. And it's just, we can only do that with a very strong product and tech core, which means um, that we have to grow on team-wise. And like two years ago, when I started product operations, we had like a thousand employees, 250 on tech and 30 product managers. And oh, that, wow. was already, that was already very big, but now we've doubled on that. 
So we have like more than 400 people in tech and more than 60 product managers. And just like uh, we very much believe on giving those minds, those amazing minds, a lot of autonomy. And for that work, we really need alignment and like strong cultural bonds, which of course creates a lot of challenges for the team to just like communicate. So that's where product ops just comes to, to grow and deliver value. So that's what I've been doing for the past few years. Um, we're looking onto those challenges related to alignment and communication. Uh, we are inside the product um, structure. I respond directly to our director of product who then uh, answers to our CTO and co-founder. For me, product operations is in the midst of product people and community. And I think mm. we'll go back to that in a bit. Uh, and as a structure, we're now a three-person team and hiring to at least double that. So uh, to tackle just like four main areas of focus, which yeah. are OKRs and performance. And this has to, a lot to do with alignment, uh, just like creating the infrastructure where people will choose their goals and helping them through methodology, theory, just facilitating the discussions that will lead to those goals for the quarter being met. Um, people development, like amongst our 60 plus PMs, we have very diverse backgrounds, like from biology to marketing, from engineering to legal, like me. Wow. <laughs> and like also different seniorities, you know, it's just like we have this APM program and the principal career track. So we are really responsible for developing their tracks so they can reach their potential uh, and keep being diverse, which is like core for us. Mm. We have knowledge management. So our 40 plus squads are every week running experiments, testing their hypothesis, investigating new opportunities. And it's just like one of the main challenges is to structure and develop a knowledge base that is going to hold all of our expertise, our bets, our decisions. And so we can use that to ramp up not only new hires, but like people moving teams and just like so we can build upon common knowledge and just like making our asynchronous life a little bit easier. And finally, and I think like that will be the, the, the focus uh, of our conversation is rituals and community building, which is among not only the product management team, but the whole tech team, which means um, developers, designers, data and analytics and infrastructure people. So we have two main goals here, which are team alignment. So we understand where we're going towards and why and community building. So we can create the bonds within our team so we can work better together, especially on a remote environment so that we can actually empathize uh, and relate to our stakeholders, which are many. And so we can also give back to the product community uh, and create those kind of relationships that will not only connect us to potential candidates, which is of course important, but really just allow us to learn more from others' experiences. Wow. I mean, just like <laughs> so much of stuff to unpack there, me. So I guess just to throw it back to you, because I was like scribbling down notes as you were speaking, <laughs> um, which is really, so I think, I mean, you are doing product ops on such a big scale, right? So if I heard you correctly, you said you joined when there were like 30 product managers, you know, in this organization. And now, you know, over the past two years, there's around 60. So, you know, that's just um, a huge product organization, um, which makes me realize very much why, why there's a need for product ops. Um, and then to just uh, reiterate the, the four areas you said that you guys look at is 
Um, you focus on OKRs and sort of uh, performance metrics. So making sure that the, the team is aligned and they, they know what their goals are. I guess because it's such a big organization and, and, and you, you're servicing so many product managers and uh, you also look at people development. So making sure that PMs, you know, get up to speed as fast as they can. And interesting, I think you said that they come from lots of diverse backgrounds. So you said something like biology and stuff and knowledge management. So, you know, having a knowledge base, which I can definitely uh, relate to. And then the final thing you mentioned, which I am very interested in, in, in learning more about is this whole thing around community building and rituals and, uh, because I think, especially with such a big product org, um, how do you pull together and how do you form connections with people to make sure that you actually work well together? Um, and especially against the context of working remotely, which I think everybody has had to deal with um, this past year. Is that is that a correct summary of everything you just told me? Yes, yes, it is. It's okay. basically our, our whole routine here. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot going on. Um, before we jump into like the detail on, on those things that you've mentioned, how did you actually get into product ops, me? Yeah, that, that is something. Uh, as, as you've said at the beginning, I am a lawyer uh, with a master in law and economics, and I have worked in the corporate world, like doing M&A operations for some years before transitioning into product. It's uh, I used to be ashamed of that. Now I'm just like very proud to have made this transition. So uh, I have always been a very talkative and argumentative person since I was a kid. So it's just like, in my world, that meant be a lawyer. Uh, <laughs> so, so, but once I was like in the field, I realized like through countless experiences, I've tried everything that for me, it was just like the work was boring and with very little space to innovate and that kind of move fast and break things mentality. Mm. That particularly, I've been always very much in love, like knowing the stories of the companies and how they've been built. And I was like, I'm definitely not in the right place to, to do that. You cannot break things in a law firm. <laughs> it's not okay. So I, I started getting a lot of startup clients and I was seeing those business being built in front of me. And I was just like in the wrong side of the desk. So I decided to branch around and like look for opportunities to know more about startups and innovation. And here, like not here, but like in Sao Paulo, where I live, uh, we have a very strong ecosystem that just embraced me as I went through that transition. Like I started going to all these community events, startup weekends, as you said, like from Techstars, you know, the one that you build a startup in 54 hours. I won one of those. Oh, building. wow. <laughs> yeah, business fell through, but that's not the point of the event. It's just, but, um, and at that, at that point, I was just like hooked and addicted to it. Uh, so the next step was just using the not enough amount of free time I had to become a community leader. So I started organizing these events, the startup weekends. Uh, we have something called Silicon Drink About that's actually started in London, but it's, it's global. And we had the chapter in Sao Paulo that just like brings people together. Basically, I was just making myself uh, available in any capacity to just help people make the connections they needed to find new opportunities in the ecosystem. So I found this amazing group of people that mentored me through this process until I finally like got the courage to leave my partnership at the office and go into this unknown world of startups. Uh, at first, I actually found an investor that wanted to invest in legal tech and he just needed to know more of the business, know more what 
what was happening in Brazil and what were his opportunities and how to actually build what were the opportunities to build a new venture on that field. Uh, and that was nice for a while, but uh, then I got a contact from Kintundar and it was actually to join the legal team. I was very excited because I was, I've been always, I've always been in love with the product of Kintundar. Uh, when I moved to Sao Paulo from Rio, I found an apartment through Quintonar and it was so fast. And I was like, <laughs> okay, I love this place. I love this place. It's just, like, I, I talked with nobody and I got an apartment and it's, it's just like five days I have my keys. And so I, I think I've got a very strong cultural fit, but I definitely didn't want to do legal anymore. Although legal at Quintonar is cooler, but it's still legal. <laughs> so I, I had to say to them like, okay, I can't, I'm sorry what can I do? And they were like, okay, what do you see yourself doing? Anything related to product or community, which is, which was weird at the time to say, because it seemed very different, but they actually had a, a spot that they wanted to build product operations. And, you know, I, I've, I've been hearing the past episodes and I heard the one from Charmin yeah. on career. And she said like, uh, in product operations, you have to be comfortable with the unknown mm-hmm. and you must not need a process and that was basically my dream position <laughs> that, that's exactly <laughs> what I've been given the opportunity so after some interviewing case writing and stuff I was like okay this is your baby you're gonna build the structure for the next stages of our growth so yeah that's how I came into product operations that's amazing that's so cool um I'm like excited for you <laughs> like the fact that you were able to sort of you know change your career direction after you know building up a successful career as sort of like a corporate lawyer uh, and I can also definitely identify it with it because my background was in sort of traditional accounting and then I moved into investment finance and was sort of you know working on like leveraged finance transactions and and renewable energy and project finance and completely different worlds to going into tech and 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 I started in business operations uh, which I'd never even heard of before but um, I was just so excited to move into you know a small startup where you could just get your hands dirty and move fast um, and have impact so. I'm excited that you were able to do that because it's, I mean, I, I found it really fun. So I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure you're probably enjoying it too. I am. I am. It's just a different challenge every day and that's refreshing. (laughs) Cool. Um, so May, you touched on already that this community building, um, aspect of, you know, product ops and also that, you know, it's something that was important to you. Um, and it's sort of a focus area now in product ops. Can you explain what you mean by this in the context of product ops for you? Yeah, sure. Um, for me, I've been very much in love with community since I've been presented to the concept on my experiences in the ecosystem here in, in Sao Paulo. And I just believe that we have communities around us every day. We just don't necessarily tackle into the full potential of it. Uh, and I decided that when, once we started at Kintondar that when we were talking about alignment and community and we're talking about communication, everything can be solved if we just bring people together. But of course, you have to be creative uh, when you're talking about like bringing 400 people together, it's just like put everyone in a in a room and just make them like connect. Yeah. So it's just giving 
our sheer size and our structure and everything that's complex. Um, it's just like squads and guilds and it's just a, a challenge to stay aligned and to stay, uh, to have the visibility of where we want to go. And I really believe that community can strengthen those bonds. So not only what we do create alignment, but people can align themselves because they know each other, they trust each other, and they understand the processes behind that. So that, that's why I, I believe that community building is a process, like definitely and most important to create alignment. And by getting to know the people we are able to actually work better together because we build stronger communities, not only between the product managers, but between product uh, developers, designers, data, and everyone else in the company, we also create a greater engagement from our team because mm. they believe in each other, you know, and they believe how that team works together, which leads, of course, to more satisfying and, and, and effective work and, and stuff like that. But it's, it's mostly just we believe that together we are stronger. No, absolutely. I, I think that makes so much sense. And I think um, it's something that at least I experienced quite naturally when I was in a startup uh, that was, uh, you know, there's a few people in it. So when there's only like 10 to 20 people in, in a startup, um, you really do have that sense of community because you're like one team, you know each other, you trust each other. Um, you socialize with each other. And so I think there's like the strong sense of, believing in one another and so it just makes the work really easy um I think the difficulty is then replicating that feeling <laughs> when you have you know 400 people so I guess on that May are you able to give any sort of practical examples of the type of work you're doing in that space to try and build community yeah sure um the first thing is just like to be comfortable with the idea that it's not going to be the same mm -hmm. it's it's never going to be as uh tight as a 10 person company mm -hmm. uh, you're not gonna know everyone and that's okay because you have common values and you know that even though you don't know that person uh specifically they share those values and they share those goals so i think that's the first and more most important thing and how do you do that you just like reinforce those values over and over uh, in every process that you build in every conversation that you have in every ritual that you build you have to think like what are we trying? What, what's the message that we're trying to pass? And if the message is everyone is on the same boat, you have to build onto that. One of the things that I'm most uh, proud of, and also one of the things that gives me most, most joy on my weeks uh, in product ops is our onboarding process. We mm -hmm. have a company onboarding and that's uh, with our people team that just like day one and everything you have to know about the company. But then we realized that tech people just entered into tech and didn't know anything about our structure and every manager explains it in a different way and some people are more like just oh this is the work you're going to do and this is a challenge that you have and when you think about of 40 squads working if you know about your challenge you not necessarily know about where everyone else is going and so we made this onboarding. It's just like three weeks, one session a week that I just talk with them first about like our organization, our mission, what we have as challenges, as big challenges, big business priorities, uh, what are big numbers and where we're going. Because I really believe that everyone in tech, like from the developer to the security engineer and everyone must know what our business wants 
and where we want to go. So that's mm-hmm. the first thing, just like being part of those um, decisions and knowing why we're making those, those decisions. And just like where, what's the structure of the team, where your problem is inside that big structure. So not only you know where you are, but you know which people you can um, tackle if you have a problem with something else or if you want to know more about something else. So I think, I think that's the first part. And then the second part, we just talk with some of of our cross teams that need uh, to talk more with those new hires, just like we have a design system, we have uh, a lot of GDPR issues that need to be tackled from the beginning of every development of the product. So I put those teams to talk with new hires so they know from the beginning who to talk to and how to help. Uh, And we also go deep inside of our knowledge base to understand how they can find the information that they want when they need it, because Mm -hmm. they don't need it at the beginning, you know, (laughs) but they need to know like the map to go looking for it when, when the the, the issues come. And then finally, and that's my favorite session. It's just a conversation open about culture and why did they come to Kinto? Why did they come to our product team and what are our common values? and develop onto that. And how do we keep um, evolving culture? Because those people that enter are gonna be the ones that are gonna build that culture, that community. So giving them the tools to develop that each day after they, they stop being new hires. So that, that's one for, that one for me is very important. And it's very important that it is everyone together. You're not mm-hmm. in the little silos that normally you are <laughs> when they onboard you. It's just like they want every, everyone together and they too, you're in your team and you're not going to talk with anyone else, especially remotely. It's just going to be a call with those 10 people for the rest of your life. So it's just like broaden their perspective. Um, so that's one thing. Uh, we also like when they, the new hire comes, we usually schedule them to shadow different teams. So because we give a lot of autonomy, our teams does, don't necessarily abide to a specific methodology mm-hmm. or way of doing product. Like uh, I'm not going to even say the name, but like there is a mix of met- agile methodologies here of some <laughs> teams. We don't judge. <laughs> yep. the, the, the important thing is uh, that when someone enters, they understand this freedom and they can understand this when they go into different teams and say, oh, that person does does something like this and that one does something different and understand the whys behind that. Maybe Mm. it's someone with a product that's very much in the beginning. Maybe it's someone that's working with an internal product with uh, internal clients and why it works differently. So I think that that first moment of just like, I am inside my community, it's very important. Yeah. I, th- I think that's my like most proud uh, program because we are hiring like a lot every day. And it's just very important that people already come in align and just for that moment on, they know they are part of something bigger. Uh, yeah, I yeah. think that's I think that's great, May. Um, I, I just uh, I think basically, I mean, you're like you're setting these people up for success, basically, because you are helping to you know um, make them sort of feel like they're part of you know a broader community than than just the the pod or squad or whatever it is that they're they're in. And I love that you also get them to sort of interact with the teams, which um, they'll sort of like work with. So the cross team dependencies or functions where, you know, you know, 
they, they might need to interact with or there's an implication um, also to break down those types of silos that sometimes you can get in really big organizations. Um, so just being aware of it is really great. I think maybe you've already answered this, May, because I was going to ask you, you know, why do you think it's actually important to consider community building, um, you know, within product ops and product? But I think it's quite clear, unless there's anything else you wanted to add on on why you think it's particularly important. There, there's just one thing. I, I also believe that when I was thinking about the, the whole other things that this one would be answered. But actually, besides the importance of making connections, it's just that like, we believe that high-performance teams have some things in common. And the first one and most important one is psychological safety. To be able to innovate, to take risks, to make the bold choices that like, will keep us at the frontier of tech. And we need to be comfortable at taking those risks as a team. And for that, among other variables, like we need to know and trust our team members. And what maybe comes easily as a third-person company, as we said, or even at a 200 company, does not come without intentional actions and efforts at 2000, remote or not. Even if we were like in person, it would not be easy. So community building is like the net that's going to strengthen these connections to make everyone understand where they are moving forwards and their role and that they are safe to take those risks that will take us to the next step of growth. Oh, I, I love that. I absolutely love it. You mentioned psychological safety and, and obviously that's like forms the basis of trusting your team members um, and then working well with them. Because if you don't have those things in place, I think sometimes people forget how important these these like people, <laughs> these people things are because um, people are not actually robots, you know, that just go in and like do stuff. You, you need to have all of these things set up and in place um, to do your best work. So um, just really great that you are championing that and, and uh, trying to trying to strengthen that within your company. May, who are like the key stakeholders that you work with within the business when it comes to community building? So uh, I think first and foremost, the leaders of all the chapters. So the design leads, the, the engineering leads and the, the data leads, because as I am in the product management organization, sometimes when we think about silos, we have to listen to the different voices and what every one of those chapter needs and see as the core obstacles for alignment and communication. So for me as a product manager, manager, it can be something. And for the designer, it can be something else. And for the engineer, it can be something else. So it's important to see the whole perspective to actually act upon those problems. Second, having a partnership with the people team is crucial. It's like you said, like a lot of what I do is people work. <laughs> I've, I've, I've joked with them that I'm honorary employee of the people <laughs> team. Uh, but like a lot of what we do is going to roam into their area. And it's okay. Uh, as long as we know that we're going to need a lot of help on the exercises and on the rituals, everything that we facilitate. And sometimes as we are dealing with this huge organization, some things are going to come up during the process that are better dealt as an organization. So from conflict to specific needs, and also they can give us some insights because we have a lot of people analytics from ENPS, you know, employer NPS to actually mm -hmm. like quality on, on, on qualitative research on how we are being perceived from outside of our world, you know, because sometimes it's easier to just, oh, we are very open. And then they say like, no, no one sees you as open. <laughs> you have to do something about this. So it's, it's good to have this, this partnership. 
and just like so they can help us make those bonds and make people trust us more as a team and as a, the whole company trusts more the product team and and so forth and i think like the third and by being the voice sometimes of this organizational part of the product co- structure like mm-hmm. you end up being the point of contact yeah. you know like when people need to know like who to talk what do we do how do we do things they just come to 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 us at product operations and it's very important to keep those doors open and to foster those conversations and then it's with everyone like from planning to sales to marketing to legal they're always very uh, entertained from what i've done before (laughs) and it's just help us understand you know like where we are doing well and where we are failing because if we don't talk to everyone and we're not going to actually understand where are the the points of uh, conflict and the obstacles so it's a people's person's job Mm, you know like mm, you have mm. a lot of conversations and you just have to leave that channel open you know for further down the road when things get rough they know they can talk to you yeah so you're almost like that that bridge between you know the rest of the business and then and product in a way or the the the, you know the cross-functional units and and squads that you have yes yes definitely I, i still think it's very much the 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 role of the product manager to do that on a day-to-day basis Mm. but we can help do that in more of a broadened way like the whole structure how it is besides only the one that you have contact on a day-to-day got it okay and me I guess what because you used to do the community building you know like sort of before you got into this role um so so what sort of techniques or skills have you leveraged from your previous experience um, to now bring it into product ops? I think the first one is just like to just being able to actively listen to mm. people. And, and that's very important because everyone has various strong opinions and just bringing everyone together and facilitate those discussions, being the active facilitator in the room that's just gonna bring everyone together. I think that's one of the most important ones. Um, and I've studied a lot of it and sometimes it's still very rough to just like making everyone uh, together on the same page and it just more like operationally uh, structuring events and rituals it is uh, uh, it is something I like very much and it's a day-to-day kind of thing we are always creating new rituals new events new moments of uh, exchange and being able to actually create different kind of experiences, it's very important. I am very much in love with that topic. I actually, I've read this book, The Art of Gathering. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just so great to, to apply that in any kind of concept. It helped me a lot on community building and on the events and uh, rituals I was building for our community and then bringing that inside of our teams. Uh, it really helps not only bringing people together, but bringing conflict to surface because conflict is very important to everything. So um, having this toolbox of different kind of dynamic you can run yeah. on groups. So that, that's great. Um, what was the was the book you mentioned called The Art of Gathering? Yes, it's a lot on how to make events and experiences and just any kind of gathering from like a family gathering to mm-hmm. board meeting 
to get to your goal. So the first thing actually is you only do a meeting if you have a goal. So, so then that's just that. like, <laughs> okay, that is, I'm going to be reading that. Like I'm putting it on my, my, my next, you know, the next book that I look at. I think uh, oftentimes we come together, but you know, maybe it's not clear why. And then these meetings for the sake of having meetings. So that sounds like a useful book to read. I guess maybe what a, so maybe you've touched on a few of them, but like, what are some of the key challenges that you're currently facing in product ops at the moment? Yeah, like, of course, I've told we're growing very fast and we're growing remotely. And that's not natural for any of us. Uh, We did not have experience with that. And a year into that, it's still a challenge, especially because it's not just remote. It's remote and locked up inside of your house mm-hmm. so that there is no once a year get together with the team yeah uh, so actually we, we've hired 15 product manager just on the past month and oh just my like gosh. yes it is crazy <laughs> and like bringing everyone together reinforcing our cultural culture and our principles and doing that without overloading people with meetings and events I think it's a big challenge I, I it's it's the biggest one it's just like finding new ways to communicate asynchronously you know but still like fostering that human connection because we are humans we want those connections and taking that out of the equation is just not it's not going to take us to a place that we want to be and helping you know helping people go through these troubled times and deal with their anxiety it's not an easy place to be and we cannot forget about this when we go about doing our rituals and everything that we do to build this community is knowing that this community is facing a hard challenge that sometimes we're not going to be able to solve but just support them through that and I guess on that may have you found any tools or resources that are helpful in sort of navigating that challenge well uh my team will make fun of me if I don't say this first but definitely notion Mm-hmm. Uh, I am a very hardcore Notion user. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> not only an ambassador, it's just like all the time people open up a doc and be like, why does this not into Notion? <laughs> so it, it is our knowledge man- management tool. So yep. as I said about knowledge base, we chose Notion to be the, the, the principal tool to deal with that. And also it is my second brain. So it was super important, like for organizing our processes to just giving more visibility on what we are doing, because sometimes people would just like keep everything in different um, places and in different formats and not nothing was at the same place. And it was super hard to find information. Mm-hmm. So it's a huge tool and also sometimes a challenge because you have to organize everything that's inside. So. Yeah, you're you're actually so my guest last week, Wally, was also a huge Notion fan. So <laughs> I mean, he was in he was in an early stage startup that had like less than twenty people, but was already you know making use of Notion and documenting and keeping processes and stuff in there. Um, and I have looked at Notion before when we were exploring like what tools could we use for like a company wiki. So yeah, very cool. It is great, but it's a challenge to put four hundred people on the same <laughs> Notion. <laughs> It is like crazy every day. It's just like, oh no, they they d- did this again. Everything is broken. I have to fix this. It's it's crazy, but it's it's sometimes it's magical just seeing everything in the same place. 
Well, I think the, the most important thing when it comes to these types of tools is you need people to champion them within your organization, right? Otherwise, they just fall flat. So, you know, it, it's, it's there, but, you know, people don't know how to use it or no one's actively looking at it. So, I mean, just from speaking to you now, you sound like you are, you know, you love Notion. So <laughs> I'm assuming you're like one of the Notion champions within your organization or within product. And, and that's great. Yes, totally. And it cannot be just one. We have a lot mm -hmm. of programs for ambassadors and yeah. we do that for a lot of our platform initiatives, but for a tool is also that. And I think that's, that was very important for us to make the next step to being together on the same place and to be able to communicate asynchronously, but it's still very far from, from ideal, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I don't, I don't kid myself. <laughs> We're not there yet. Um, um May, I mean, I think we're, we're sort of reaching time. So I'm going to ask you one more question, but I, you know, I really, I'm really enjoying chatting to you. Um, but yeah, my last question is, what are you enjoying most about this role now, um, perhaps compared to your previous role as a corporate lawyer? Oh, definitely not having a routine <laughs> and, and, and having the autonomy to choose our bets and building things that were never there before. You know, it, it's yeah. just, it's, it's freeing and it's a little bit scary. I'm, I'm not, I'm not lying, but that kind of excitement, you can't get that at the legal profession. It's, it's impossible. And, and also just like being constantly challenged yeah. by my peers, by the size of the problems that we're trying to, to solve. It's, it's so exciting. And there's a lot of learning every day. I'm very much of a nerd. I love like just going through all the newsletters and podcasts and everything. And you can't just stop. Like it's, it's like this brave new world and, and I'm just being a part of it. It's like super rewarding. So that's great. I can, I can hear your enthusiasm and your passion. And I think um, it's so cool that you are, you know, enjoying product ops this much. And um, May, it's been so lovely having you on the podcast today. Um, I could chat to you, as I mentioned, for like a long time, because I think, <laughs> you, I think you're thinking about really cool and interesting things. And I, I'm a strong advocate for thinking about the people stuff when it comes, you know, to working in startups. And, and I think sometimes we overlook how important that bit is. And, and so I'm just loving the fact that this is, this is something that you're sort of pioneering, but, but through product ops. Um, yeah, so just, you know, thanks. Thanks for joining us today. Um, thanks for having me. It was a great chat. <laughs> um, May, if anybody wants to get in touch with you after this podcast, um, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, just go through my LinkedIn. Uh, it's mayara.bajos or also uh, Twitter. I'm also there. Uh, mm -hmm. It's may.bajos too. Just go and, and drop a uh, a message and I'll answer. Cool. Um, yeah, thanks for joining us and uh, thank you guys for listening and, and if you're enjoying the podcast, please remember to share and like and, and all of those good things. Take care.